The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice, and for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Yeah, good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Thursday, December 21st, and today is National Maine Day, one of the states that has good weed. It's also National Flashlight Day, because everyone needs a light, and National French Fried Shrimp Day. I don't know if I've ever had that, Rico. Have you ever tried that? Never? No. Is that, is that like... Is that like- Popcorn shrimp? I don't. I don't. I'm so confused by it. French fried shrimp. I just feel like I feel like a shrimp are trying to steal French fries or something. I don't know. It sounds like some fat middle America shit. Yes. So I apologize. You know, uh, so mm-hmm. I apologize. Mm-hmm. You know, those it's also Annie and Samantha Day, and it's Yule Day, and that's right. It is Winter Solstice. Everybody, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast, and please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look up or down below and look down below and see where we live on the internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So welcome to everyone joining us from any one of those platforms. But nonetheless, we are going to kick it off with, that's right, the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamit, the Quasimodo caretaker. And today, Quasimodo is rocking the happy cabbage. That's right. It is none other than the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamit. There it is. There it is. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Um, so, got some bad news for California today. So, in a blow to the growing number of supporters behind the interstate commerce movement, as possibly bailing out small batch farmers, um, marijuana moments. Kyle Yeager reported yesterday. Rob Bonta, California's attorney general, said that the state would be putting itself and in its if and its employees at a significant legal risk of federal enforcement action if interstate commerce were authorized. After more than a year of review, Bonta's office finally sent a legal opinion to the state regulators Tuesday, basically saying, not on my watch. In it, the AG said his uh, office understands that there are complex legal considerations and strong arguments state officials could make to contest liability if they were federally prosecuted, but that he cannot disregard the potential for legal risk. The opinion comes in response to a request earlier this year um, that was following 
uh, Gavin Newsom's signed bill into law last uh, late last year, all but clearing the path forward for interstate commerce. Uh, the California DCC requested an assessment from Bonta on the potential liability of permitting interstate commerce. Yeager says that while DCC argued that the state would not find itself at substantial legal risk for allowing the activity, Bonta's opinion says it cannot rule out the possibility given the threat of federal preemption under the Controlled Substances Act that strictly prohibits cannabis. Newsom's law empowered the governor to authorize entrance into interstate commerce agreements with other legal states if federal law or guidance changed, or if the state attorney general ruled out the possibility of quote unquote, significant legal risk. Bonta's opinion acknowledges differing legal interpretations as it concerns federal preemption in the cannabis context, in addition to the lack of court precedent regarding interstate commerce and cannabis. In, this, in his letter, Bonta said that the law is also unsettled as to whether state officials could be federally prosecuted for implementing state law in this area. In response to Bonta's letter, DCC spokesperson told Marijuana Moment that um, they appreciated the HG's conclusion that the arguments supporting interstate agreements are strong. Unfortunately, even strong arguments cannot put novel questions beyond all debate. If you are looking for certainty, you will not find it in cannabis. But if you're looking for leadership, you will continue to find it here. California has long been at the forefront to efforts of, of efforts to legalize and regulate cannabis, even in the face of legal political uncertainty, the department added. And although California's cannabis industry has long been at the heart of an unregulated interstate market, we will continue under Governor Newsom's leadership to search for ways to bring that market into a regulated framework that protects the public. Well, subliminal shots at Rob Bonham right there, right, Jason? Mm -hmm. Hey. Uh, <laughs> we all know that the uh, trap don't follow no laws anyways. So uh, that lane will continue to do what that lane do for the trap. But it looks like, at least for now, California won't will not openly be engaging in any type of legal or legally sanctioned interstate commerce. Um, I know we've had several folks on our show on both sides of the argument as to whether interstate commerce should move forward or not, and uh, what would that mean for the Golden State struggling cannabis economy as a whole. My question to everyone here is, will this be the last we hear of this for a while in California, or is interstate commerce for cannabis destined to become California's very own zombie political football, as we've seen safe banking become on a federal level? I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. Let's talk about it. I mean, Rico, if I remember correctly, when this story first came out, Rob Bonta was saying how they could get involved in interstate trade and that they wanted to rely on an opinion from the DOJ before they move forward with anything. And I am still baffled the fact that they would even have the inclination have to the think inclination that they could do this is just crazy to me with with an interstate trade compact because interstate trade compacts have to be voted on and approved by Congress before they can actually go into effect. I mean, they're selling weed illegally. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm about to say, like, uh, they're, they're already uh, undermining Congress and federal government. They're selling weed. No, no, but the thing that protects everyone is, is Rohrbacher Farr, which is Blumenauer and McClintock now. And, and, that, yeah. and, and, and that strictly prohibits them from extrapolating federal funds to go after state licensed cannabis businesses. However, once a product crosses a state line, that, uh, that, that rider is out the window and the federal government can uh can extrapolate funds to go after that once it crosses a state line so i mean i see both i see i see both sides of the argument you know uh, i see people saying that you know why don't we continue to push the envelope and why you know sure i mean california i mean any company can go ahead and push the envelope but the reality of it is this is that california is not going to be your defense mechanism or put up any legal money for you for your defense when you get caught up and wrapped up in a case and you'll probably lose your cannabis businesses in relation to i mean it's been like that it's kind of been like that since the jump you know and um even though you know when obama was like oh we're not going to be putting more dollars federal dollars into enforcement and shit it was still being done and people still continued to do it um so i mean it's a game of chicken right now and i think rob bonta ain't he don't want that heat he's like nope <laughs> i, I, I <laughs> i'm just while i'm here i'm surprised so, that none of you know, guys are even acknowledging the pivot his pivot yeah his pivot game is strong okay all right all right okay all right. Well, but if you've ever been inside the the California Department of Justice, it is full of um, drug war hawks, mm-hmm. and I'm sure people were up his ass and in his ear about not doing this. And I mean, you can file on behalf of a state uh, a declaratory relief action in federal court asking them to rule on this. Would this be, I, and I think Rico, you got. It. I think Congress is where you need to start to approve these packs. Mm-hmm. It may not be California that first does it. Maybe it's Oklahoma or none or of Washington. these. None of none of these interstate trade compacts would get passed by Congress. You do not have the votes. It's you're not going to get 218 votes for an interstate trade compact if you're if you're not even allowing for cannabis to be descheduled through Congress. You're never going to get to 218 on this. That's ridiculous. It has to be led by. Well, I, I get it, but you can still go ask the courts to, to um, help you. I mean, if yeah. you're really timid. Yeah, you could you could ask the courts to help. I agree with that, but you're not going to get the votes. Threatening, threatening a um, a political um, elected political officer that goes back to Eric Holder threatening up in the triangle. If you put a tag on one of these plants, we're going to go prosecute you. And what Prop 19 died right there. Well, I mean, it, even they, they, they even, grow big balls and then all of a sudden they get sucked up in their abdomen. You wonder, okay, well, what happened here? Way before, <laughs> way before even Prop 19, uh, Dale, we had Prop S in San Francisco, and and we actually had DEA agents show up to uh to public testimony uh in San Francisco City Hall stating that that if this was enacted that they would come in and they would seize the property from San Francisco and Prop S just so everyone understands was a, a petition that we kind of put out there to feel the 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 temperance of the voters at that time to say should the city and county of San Francisco explore cultivating marijuana grows for medical cannabis on city owned property Mm-hmm. And and that passed oh, and, and, that, and that passed unanimously. But when it came for the public hearing on it, the DEA showed up and said, "If you guys enact this, we're coming yeah. in." Well, and <laughs> yesterday's story about the prosecutors—you don't understand that they represent uh, what prosecutors feel about cannabis and marijuana mm-hmm. across the country. If they get a green light in any way, they'd love to go after people. Exactly. Just right now, have their hands. Exactly. 
The bigger the bus, the bigger the boost. They're going to have lots of boosts if they were to allow this. I think that if they're going to... If they're gonna if they're gonna push this or try to get away with it, they're not. Right now is the best time. They're not I think that if it. they're gonna try, can y'all hear me? Yeah, we Ooh, hear you. We yes. hear you perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that if they're gonna try to get away with this, right now is the best time. Right now, where it's total chaos everywhere that you look, economy, the border. I mean, the the country, how people deal with each other. If you're trying to get away with anything, right now is the time to do it. I, I, man, I, I, I feel you. You got the, all the prosecutors not prosecuting crime everywhere and everything, and so yeah, it is. Yeah, right now you have you have you have a lot of you have a lot of issues that uh, right now that need to be fleshed out. You have two extremely unpopular presidential candidates. Mm -hmm. um, um, really, one's popular, one's unpopular. Yeah, one's extremely popular. One is unpopular. If you guys are yeah. reading anything other than that, you'll see uh, both uh, candidates are absolutely unpopular. Uh, but cannabis is a very popular topic, and this is something that you can actually get real ideas uh, from people. And I think it um, it could actually. Uh, grasp the attention of you know quote unquote centrist uh, voters or, or 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 swing voters. Um, I think it's something that definitely should be uh, fleshed out and um, it should be amplified. What do you think about this, Rochelle? Good point, Tony. I mean, if scheduling happens right, then essentially that could open the floodgates for interstate commerce. Correct, and it's no. something that I'm definitely no, it does no? not. No, it does not. That is a Why that's not? a that's a that's a myth. It does not. Because it's still on the schedule, bro. It's still on the schedule. It does not open up for interstate schedule trade. Three. Schedule three does not so open up for interstate trade. That's a that's a myth. It doesn't open up. It just no. gives it pharmaceutical control. It exactly. allows the pharmaceutical companies basically to have control. Yeah, it would not it would not open up then, interstate then, trade moving into schedule three. three. So if pharmaceutical companies can be uh, in control of it, and you have some kind of federal mechanism that is overseeing that, that means it technically can legally be commoditized, right? That means that uh, no. that means that the it, same it, people it, it, who told you to take no the same people who told you to take all the pills that was bad for you and turn around and say it was bad for you will have control over shipping and 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 and, and the basic production of cannabis. So you, you put it in the hands control. of. Yeah, you no, you're gonna no, leave no, 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 you, you guys, you, you guys, you guys, think, you guys are missing what would right happen there because you would have kind of some kind of central. You would have no. You would there. not have interstate trade. The door. You would not it have would interstate trade. Away. No, you guys are dreaming. What do you think about this, Dale? Um, well, if, if they were to do that, you would have to have a federal license to produce it, distribute it, and sell it. And then the federal government would have control over how that's produced and moved around the the country. And I think, you know, most of us watch people with licenses today just go off the cliff. Is the government's not going to give you a license like the these states and have been doing to uh, equity people or exactly. anybody like that. You're not going to get it. You got any record, don't even apply. Exactly. Exactly. I'm with you, Dale. You're you're right. And people are gonna just gonna get screwed. But nonetheless, we're gonna go to a commercial and we're gonna oh, either get way. back. The trap is gonna win. That's right. Trap go interstate all day. Trap is gonna interstate. <laughs> yes. How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out.
Saturday Night News is a head honcho is known to many, many, many people for smoking the best weed in the world. Mm-hmm. And to a, um, many, many others, he's also known for still believing Donald Trump will be on that Colorado ballot. He will uh, be. Coming up next. You know a fun fact about this, Rico? Fun <laughs> fact about that, just since you want to bring that up. Since you want to bring that up. You know, there's only been one other Republican candidate in U.S. history that has been removed from a state ballot. You know who that was? Who's that? Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. Yep. What, what state was he removed? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. the South. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, a southern and, state. And he still won. And he so still why y'all won. worried about it? I'm, ain't no one worried so about it. We already know he's going to win. It don't matter. Don't nobody Yo, look, we so, we, so, we so sure he going to win that they trying to remove him off the ballot. That's yeah. how scared that's, they that, are. That's how, that's how much no they know he's going to win. No one confident and and exactly. no one confident in victory would have to okay, go and illegally remove someone. He's 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 I'm glad Tony is so date. Tony is so right about this. But I'm gonna go into my story, Rico, because you know we only got so much. Went off the rails quick, didn't it, Rico? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, sensitive. I love I love bait. I love bait. A power bait. But today, my my story takes us back to Florida because a Florida initiative to legalize medical marijuana home cultivation will not appear on the 2024 ballot. You guys, that's right. You got a little womp, womp, womp there, uh, Adam. There we go. Mariah Barnhart told Marijuana Moment that her campaign would be unable to pay the necessary fees to have signatures validated by the state officials because the campaign hadn't raised enough money to cover their those costs. Barnhart announced uh, that the medical home grow measure a, a nearly a year and a half ago, explaining that it was intended to run parallel to an industry-backed initiative to legalize med- medical marijuana for or marijuana for adults. According to the most recent fundraising numbers, the campaign has collected $4,060, but hasn't increased since September. A year ago, a True Leaf spokesperson told Marijuana Moment that the company was supporting Barnhart's uh, home grow initiative, but the company did not donate any money to the campaign, according to the state records. Barnhart said that the most grassroots medical marijuana efforts lack the necessary resources to call for change, and she hopes uh, True Leaf and other uh, uh, or another company will sponsor a home grow initiative for 2026. In, in comments to Marijuana Moment this week, she insisted she remains optimistic that sh- that the measure will pass in 2026 if it if it if it is refiled in 2024. She she uh, she said the funds have come in first and the measure is too far along to give up on. The Florida Attorney General's office filed the challenge to the truly backed uh, adult use legalization ballot initiative, arguing that the language is misleading and that voters would not understand what marijuana would remain remain illegal at the federal level, and if approved, the measure would change the state constitution to allow medical cannabis companies to sell marijuana to adults 21 and over. Home cultivation by consumers would not be allowed under the proposal as drafted, and Florida's Marijuana Legalization Initiative would generate between $195.6 million and $431.3 million in the new sales tax revenue annually if voters enacted it. And those figures could increase considerably if lawmakers impose an additional excise tax on cannabis transactions. DeSantis signed a bill that took effect over the summer that added restrictions to medical marijuana advertising and manufacturing and prohibited sales of consumable hemp products to people under 21. But there is going to be no home grow on the ballot this February. 
or excuse me, this November in Florida. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think it'll actually make it onto the ballot in 2026, or is this just a pipe dream for all Floridians? And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News. What do y'all think? You, if you don't have a budget, womp, womp again, because I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't matter, Ron. You can't put together the money and the uh, opinions from people. They're going to get this on the ballot, and you shouldn't be running an initiative. I'm sorry. I've been involved in too many of these. They cost millions of dollars, and you need to have attorneys involved, marketers. You got to have people with legislative experience and money. Because you got to, I mean, you pay for these t- these signatures. Mm-hmm. And this sounds like it was a half baked. I mean, unintended. Smoke some good weed and let, let's put an initiative on the ballot. Yes. Yeah, well, I like that's that. not enough. That's like trying to run a business without knowing what the fuck a business is. Mm-hmm. This is nuts. Half baked. No, it ain't going to make it unless somebody steps in as a sugar daddy and does this the right way. That's right. That's right, Dale. You should have ran this by uh, True Leave. They, well, they said they said True Leave was gonna was gonna pay for it, and then True Leave never provided no money. And we all knew that True Leave was just gaslighting this girl. <laughs> Come on. Like tens of millions, right? Ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And why do they want to pay for something that's going that they believe from their perspective is going to compete with their market share? Right. Right. We, we, we know from every other state that MSOs are against. Yes. Um, uh, home grow. Yep. Exactly. So, right. Um, uh, for, for, for so are U.S. attorneys because that's how cartels grow weed and make so much money. Oh, look right? at that, Dale. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think the proper way to go about this is why doesn't why does not uh, why does truly not teach people how to grow? You know, why don't you because there's no I home grow. They'd be they'd be getting their people arrested. One day I envision a world where communities will have beautiful crops of marijuana and they're all growing it together. And people have peace pipes and they sit down and they're smoking and enjoying beautiful plants. Mm-hmm. And then I wake up and I see things for what it really is. I'm just smoking my house. Mind yeah. my business. It's yeah. good weed, right, Tony? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Any thoughts on this, Rochelle? Home grow in Florida on the ballot. I'm not surprised in the least that TrueLeave didn't do what they said they were going to do. I feel bad. They've only been able to raise four grand and change. That sounds I mean, pitiful. I mean, I wouldn't even yeah, be just... putting this out in the news if that was the case. <laughs> Yeah, it's embarrassing. And I, I'm well, curious, well, though, as to why more people down there wouldn't contribute to this. Like, what are they doing wrong that they're not able to? Their initial funds, the initial funds that was given to them wasn't allocated. It wasn't allocated uh, uh, appropriately. If they did, then they would have had enough buzz from the young people they uh, or younger people or more energized group of um, uh, marijuana users. And then they would have actually used that to try to do something to get more people interested into investing because corporations or even people with money, when they see that you have the ability to sell or have a large following, mm-hmm. then they'll be willing to invest in you just so you just talk about their product. But they didn't take any of the initial funding that they had and did anything, especially social media wise to create such a buzz that other corporations will continue to buy into it or even investors would invest into uh trying to get it and keep it on the ballot and make it happen but tony the 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 florida the the uh the grassroots florida um cannabis community they just have not shown up um Mm -hmm. as we reported earlier when um when it was first announced that true leave had raised that magic 40 million dollars for the ballot initiative only 428 dollars other than true leaves efforts were 
uh, involved <laughs> in that. 428. And now, now, and this is what I'm saying, though, Rico. So now, knowing that much, right? right? Nobody you take some of the money you have and you advertise to the people so you can try to get them to get They should have been advertising they, this on college campuses yeah. up and down the state, so right? And get look, all those little wokies so in Florida behind this. We can, we can go back to the Ron DeSantis story from Monday. So, we're going to go back to the Ron DeSantis story from Monday and talk about that. Like, hey, there's so many college campuses, but Ron DeSantis is wrecking shop at the campus at the college campuses. He's uh, not wrecking uh, shop at campuses. Florida has all of these teachers leaving. So look, the, so look watch this. Look, 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 look probably because they're bad. Probably because they're bad teachers. And you have Ron DeSantis versus uh, Gates and Truly, even them, and it's going to be a battle. Yes. As soon as he comes back, he's going to be pissed because Donald Trump whooped his ass and and they still don't have a, a real front runner and Republicans are going to be all butthurt and all that stuff. Well, he's been Florida, had a front runner. He was just, you know. Because, yeah, Florida's going to be the loser because Ron DeSantis is going to prove himself as the next Christy Noem. You know what's crazy? My- you, you, right you know what's crazy? You know, you know what's crazy? It's it's almost like, and this is a holiday tale, it's almost as if um they are treating Trump as if Rudolph, as if he's Rudolph. It's like they're not letting him play any reindeer games right now. They're not letting him play no reindeer yeah. games right now. But all of a sudden, when it comes election time, he's going to come through and shine the light and win the race because he's going to be the oh, lead so, so, reindeer. So Trump's going to come through and he's going to say that uh, um, he's going to make Florida move forward with cannabis. Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying. I'm just saying no. he's, he's, he's Rudolph in this story. No. Mm-hmm. No, I don't not. think that Donald Trump is going to make a marijuana legal in Florida. And I think Ron, the, Ron the sanctimonious Santis <laughs> is going to come back with the little man complex and he's going to make sure it never gets on the ballot. I mean, well, Matt, oh Matt Gates never. Anybody like that guy? Your, your no one likes that guy. If you really wanted this to move forward, then he never should have uh, gone against Ron the sanctimonious. So boy. Well, but coming up next, twist, what's that? Matt Gates will be running for governor. Yes, that, oh, I already, I already, I, I, I announced that first here on the show a number, number of it's like almost like over a couple months ago. Oh, hey, he got my vote. Yep, exactly. I, I'd vote for Matt for governor in a heartbeat. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, we're gonna keep this train rolling. We're gonna roll right into attorney at law, Mr. Dale Schaefer, the founder of our model law practice, and at one point in time did some time for a cannabis crime. That's right. Coming up next, it is none other the hap- everyone's favorite happy uncle. It is none other than Mr. Dale. Schaefer. Schaefer. Yeah, Tio Loco, crazy uncle, that's me, or I'm Tio Papa. Yeah. Uh, my my story this morning comes out of Law 360, and it's a, a, a tale that I'm involved in with some other clients right now, and it, it's a, a tale that this industry needs to pay more attention to. The headline is Founding Member Sues Cannabis Company Over Cash Distributions. And it, it seems that four guys got together back, I think, in 2013 and formed an LLC, which is a limited liability company in Connecticut, called Theraplant, and they signed what was called an op, what we call an operating agreement. It's like bylaws for corporations, your basic corporate structure, your agreements inside of how you handle disputes and problems and things like that. This is also a what we call a member-managed where the members were the ones that controlled this uh, LLC. And in 2014, the plaintiff here, Mr. Mark Adelson, it seems that he resigned as a managing member, but I don't think he resigned 
from the LLC. So he was still a member and Aeroplant uh, paid him uh, membership distributions until 2017. And for whatever reason, he didn't pay him after that. And then he found out, I think in 21, that the they sold the company. And then in 23, they dissolved it and he had no idea. So he sued Theraplant and uh, the other founding members, Ethan Ruby, um, Daniel Emmons, and J.D. DiMatteo. Uh, and, you know, he sued him for breach of contract and breach of fiduciary duties, and he wants an accounting and said, you stole the money and use the term conversion when you say it's stolen civilly as opposed to larceny when it's Converse. criminal act. Conversion. Yeah, it's the old word for civil action. You stole my shit, I want it back, and I'm in a civil court. But th this is a tale that I've had to be involved in so many times that, that – um, we're at the early allegation stage, and all we got is the plaintiff's allegations about what happened. But an LLC, like a C-Corp, is an asset protection company. So whatever you put into it, that's all you risk if it goes insolvent or gets sued and it doesn't have insurance to cover it. That's all you're going to risk. But if you have a C-Corporation and distributions have to be voted upon, um, and typically people are employees of the corporation, and that's how they get money out of it. Uh, but if it's an LLC, it's what we call a pass-through. Whatever it makes or loses passes right through the members. And so if you're going to be a member of an LLC and you're not watching the books, then you're a damn fool. And it looks like the plaintiff here, he um, resigned as a, as a managing member, which means now he's just a regular member in 2014 and he, for three years he got <clears throat> money out of this and whether he was paying attention or not i don't know but at some point the money stopped it still took him four years to figure out that you know maybe i'm not getting what i should be getting here so i don't know why he was asleep whether he was asleep at the switch whether someone told him stuff that was not true i don't see anything from the complaint here that's alleging fraud they're just alleging breach of contract and one of the things that the uh, operating agreement called for is when you're going to dissolve, you have to um, basically produce an accounting to the, the members as to what assets are there. Then you have to distribute them. And it didn't happen here. So I guess the cautionary tale is if you're going to get into a cannabis business, um, whether it's an LLC or a C-Corp, to protect your assets, you should keep your eye on the prize here. And the prize is the money. And since this is a cash business, money has a tendency to grow legs and walk away. And it's kind of late when you wait three, four, five years to try to ask, well, what happened to the money? Well, you know, if it's cash, uh, you may not be able to prove shit. So the, the companies I've been involved in at our LLCs, we've had some similar problems where you sell it. And now you got to worry about distributions and things like that. But they sold all the member interest to this um, Theraplant to somebody else. Mm -hmm. okay? And so Theraplant gets sued. And so now the people who bought this didn't buy an asset that's clean. It's going to get in litigation. I got to go in and pay attorneys to go fight for shit that they should have known about in the jump. And everybody should have been watching this, getting accountings. Um, it's just a cautionary tale. If you're a member of an LLC or you're a, a shareholder in a, in a corporation, make sure you're getting an accounting and don't be afraid to ask questions. This money will walk away and you may spend a whole lot of money in attorneys to walk out of court with absolutely nothing. Oh, That's right. I'll throw this back at you. 
What do you guys think any of your experience and stuff like this? I mean, I don't understand why they're so late to figure out what's up with these disbursements. I mean, like why they should have been filing this like the day after the disbursements came out. Yeah. Well, I, I don't understand it either because I represent uh, a number of these companies and some of their members and I do accountings. I mean, I do regular accountings to the members to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's safer from my standpoint as an attorney. I don't want to get drug into one of these because I, you know, I'm claimed that I committed malpractice. I wasn't keeping them up to speed. It's just better to be in the loop and to ask questions unless you just have money you want to piss away. And in which case, I'll back my car up to your house and load it in my trunk. Okay. Exactly. Otherwise, don't be pissing your money away like this. Watch your assets and your investments. Mm -hmm. Man, what's that? What's that word again, Dale? What's that word again? That C which word? one? The C word. Now you're going to get me in trouble. Hey, I got daughters, and one of them standing here with a knife. Looking at the, the, Go ahead the, and say that word. Man. What's that C word that you said that, that that they you know when they when they transfer the money? You said what was it called? You know the legal okay, the legal word when when, when, they, when they embezzle the money and you said that they call it in. Oh, conversion. 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 Yes, conversion. Like conversion therapy, yes. right? Yeah, that's the C word of the day, Dale, just so you know. You can tell Heather to back off with a knife. Okay. Yes. <laughs> she likes to stab me. Dad, you say too much stuff. Sit down and shut up. Yes. Conversion. I, that. I, I, I like that, Rico. I just, from now yeah, on, from now on can, can, let's just convert some cash, okay? Let's just start converting cash. Happens, man, man, oh man, oh man. You got any thoughts on this, Rochelle? This conversion. I, mean, I agree. I agree with you. Like, what took them so long? Yeah. What? 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 What's a little sus? All of a sudden, they got they got a the disbursement check for like a thousand bucks, and they're like, "Wait a second, this is supposed to be like a hundred thousand dollars. Where's my money?" Like to me, it's like instant. Why is this? Why is this so? It takes so long. I think there's something more to this story, Dale. I think there's something more to this story. There's something, well, there's something we, we don't know yet. Out. Yes. This this is just the complaint and the allegations and complaint. And I read between the lines a little bit because this is in Connecticut and their mm -hmm. pleadings are, are uh, you know, they don't tell you a lot when they plead these cases. But I'm interested to find out what this guy was doing and what was the internal politics. Because this is like a bad marriage falling apart. Mm -hmm. When you go back and look at this, people just stop talking to each other, want to stab each other in the eye. And it's like, holy shit. Yep. How did we get here? Well, because I couldn't stand him. I wouldn't talk to him. And you know, the next thing you know, years go by. And now all of a sudden, they want someone like me to come in and figure this mess out. And I'll tell you, okay, write us a check for a couple hundred thousand bucks for attorney's fees. And we'll get right to work on it. Right, cut that check. Otherwise, forget it. I don't work for free for shit like this. I don't work for free. Right, tell them I'm retired. I don't work for free. What are you guys talking about, Willis? I got grandkids. I'd rather spend my day with grandkids and these fucking idiots who don't watch their money for years and then figure out, <laughs> oh, you stole my money. Well, where the hell were you, man? You've been drinking, smoking good weed, doing a lot of coke. What are you doing? What have you been doing for the last yeah. four years? How, dude? Did, how do we know you didn't you didn't spend it and just trick it off? But, we may find out. Yep. Maybe he was taking money and helping to grow legs. I don't know. It's it's, it's all possible. It's all possible. But uh, we're going to keep this train rolling. We're going to roll right into a commercial, and we're going to be right back. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. 
I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport, or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched, and now we're going to smoke, because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. I know we'll appreciate it. You'll appreciate it. And YouTube will definitely appreciate it as well. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you have not subscribed already. And all of the articles that you see or all the stories that we cover on today's news show, you can read on our website at www.highat9news.com. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. All right, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's highly respected in cannabis and psychedelics reporter and real life journalist is the editor <laughs> at, the, at Green State. And regardless of any presence or absence of religious leanings, Something tells me this holiday season, she will be blessed with lots and lots of Legos. Y'all know who it is, Rochelle Gordon. Yeah. Thanks, Rico. I also hope that I get a lot of Lego under the tree this year, but I guess that remains to be seen. We'll find out next week uh, if I got any Lego sets. Which kid are you wishing for? Are you uh, writing to Santa about? Uh, That's, there's just too many, but there are these tiny plants that just came out. Uh, there's a Sonic Lego or Sonic the Hedgehog Lego set series mm. uh, coming up in March. There's a whole Animal Crossing line dropping, so a lot of lot of dollars will be spent on Lego in the coming months. So. Animal yeah. Crossing line is that like a railroad yes. crossing line, but for animals? Animals. It's a video crossing. game, probably that uh, you would have no interest in, Jason. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, my story this week, uh, will Congress pass marijuana reform? D.C. insiders have thoughts. Uh, With whispers of rescheduling and cannabis banking making waves across the country, many people predict real progress on weed in the coming months. However, a recent poll of Washington insiders may burst this bubble. Punchbowl News asked legislative staff in D.C. whether they believed Congress would pass substantial marijuana reform before the end of their term next year. Approximately 71% of respondents said it was unlikely. Uh, Since these legislative aides and chiefs of staff are the people who do the lion's share of work for lawmakers, their insights are likely closer to fact than speculation. Punchbowl News also asked K Street lobbyists the same question, but their responses were a bit more uncertain. About 59% thought marijuana reform was likely, while 23% thought or said they didn't know. Only 10% of Capitol Hill staffers were unsure on the topic. (coughs) Employees of Republican lawmakers were more pessimistic 
about cannabis than their Democratic counterparts. Roughly 83% of GOP staffers said reform was unlikely, compared to 59% of Democrats. However, around 29% of Democrats polled thought cannabis reform was likely only 9% of Republicans felt the same way. The partisan divide was less stark among lobbyists. In fact, 21% of GOP lobbyists said that marijuana reform was likely compared to only 16% of Democrats. But considering the majority of these political power brokers were hesitant to chime in on the subject, the contrast between their opinions and those of actual legislative staff adds up. Now, the poll did not address the recommendation to move cannabis from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3. That decision is ultimately in the hands of the Drug Enforcement Agency, not Congress. Washington insiders are more optimistic about that change, believing the DEA will indeed reschedule cannabis in the lead-up to the 2024 election. And while the majority of states have approved some type of cannabis reform, the call for federal marijuana legalization is getting louder by the day. Despite the pessimism by congressional staffers, it appears that some type of change is coming soon. Uh, we're just not sure where it's going to come from. So I'm curious, what do you guys think? Do you think that Congress will have any significant marijuana reform in this term? Are they going to pass safe banking or are these legislative aides and interns correct? Um, I, well, first of all, the, 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 the legislative aides, I, I found it extremely funny that all of the Democratic aides are super, super optimistic that they're actually going to get something done. But the Republicans seemed more in step with what with reality that ain't nothing getting done. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the Democrats I mean, are in control, so they could do it. For nothing to get done, are they not? Say that again, Rico. I said the Republicans are leading the movement for nothing to get done, are they not? No, that's not true. Just wait till my last story and you'll see why. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't think anything is going to get passed, uh, Rochelle. I think it's a, no. a great story. Um, I think it's a, a, a great question to ask. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's just status quo, and uh, it's this just is why the it's the it's the it's the carrot with the donkey. Mm -hmm. It's the carrot with the donkey. It's just dangling the carrot. That's all he's doing is dangling the carrot. Dang, carrot danglers, huh? Mm -hmm. They like to dangle. Real dangly, real oh. dangly carrots. <laughs> Oh, man. The system is real slow to change, and if you don't have a real firm idea of what you're going to do, the system's not going to allow this. And my story yesterday about the prosecutors, the DEA is not going to like this. You get pushback from all over the, the, the country in the law enforcement policy area that doesn't want this to happen. And on, you know, the people that want reform the most don't want to be pragmatic about having to deal with law enforcement. And mm -hmm. law enforcement just have its head up its ass about you're, the reality that people want to smoke weed. You're very so there right. we are. So, you, so you, right you about know, that, Dale. You, you know what? Because marijuana allows them the only illegal right to violate your Fourth Amendment because of its smell. Mm -hmm. And by them saying that they can smell it, it allows them to then infringe on your rights. And this is the reason why, look, there is no, I don't want people watching this, and I don't want to go too far off of the topic, but for everyone watching this, make no mistake, it's both sides. Mm -hmm. They're both in it 
to the same. It's good cop, bad cop. And some days they just pick sides on who's going to be the good cop and the bad cop. And no, it's not everyone on the left. And no, it's not everyone on the right. But consequently, it's the most powerful people on both sides that are doing it to us. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to see a lot of things happen. And the reason why we're not is because you, you and I, the people watching, we haven't sat down, come together and said enough's enough. We're adults and we can make up our own minds for ourselves. And this is what we want you to do. You work for us. Mm -hmm. Stop telling us what we're going to have and start doing what we want you to do. Yeah, and, and a lot of part, too, with what, what you're saying, Tony, is, is is a big part of that is the fractionalization within the cannabis space is that the cannabis operators can't get onto the same page as to what they want either. They hear one thing from MSOs. They hear one thing from criminal justice groups. Mm -hmm. They hear a whole other thing from, uh, from, from, from workforce and everything. And so they're getting all of these different mixed messages and not one consensus unanimous, hey, this is the way that we need to go. Congress could have been did something. Mm -hmm. they, everyone could have been like I said. It's it's good cop bad cop, and it's going to remain that way because they're always going to need something to distract us with and to keep a conversation going. And as far as law enforcement things concerned, it's so they can violate your rights. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be somebody that's going to sit here and be like, oh, I blindly uh, back the blue. I support great good cops that stand for the Constitution, but consequently, there are a lot of people who are in law enforcement that want to circumvent your constitutional rights and saying, I smell marijuana is a great way to do so. Mm -hmm. That part. They call them tools, Tony. And it just, that's, I use it as a pejorative term because the tools are, oh, if we smell weed, we now have probable cause to detain you, to search you, get search warrants. And that they didn't like giving that up. In California, they had to retire a shitload of drug dogs because they were trained to alert to marijuana. And if they alerted anything else, they could not be used in court. And the cops just lost their minds over that. Look what you're doing to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, how about what you've done to us? I mean, yeah. I'm, Tony, yeah. you know, if you, they they pack your ass up and send you to prison, they've done something to you. Okay. Exactly. And if it's for, for reasons that they are something, they never get packed up and get sent to prison. They, when you see, when you go online and you see how horrific these beatings are, when you go online and you see the things that are happening and you see they get... Uh, spend the sentences four months. Man, I'm gonna, I don't want to talk. This is just ridiculous. I'm gonna get triggered behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, got, I don't want to talk about it. Well, yeah, I mean, when you've been there, it's like this ain't funny. These are real consequences. Yep. And Facts. people that smoke weed, unless you really do something to danger somebody else, smoking weed. I mean, it's why is that my right? I'm a human being. If that makes me feel better, and I ain't going anywhere out of my house, I ain't fucking with nobody, I ain't driving a car, endangering anybody, why can't I do that? You, mm -hmm. you mean to tell me I could walk into a gas station in any store, buy a pack of cigarettes that has over 200 chemicals that are known to cause cancer inside of them, and inhale this all day long, no matter how many times I want, because it's perfectly legal for me to poison myself with this pure poison, but I can't grow my own marijuana and smoke my own marijuana because I I have post-traumatic stress disorder because you threw me in a prison cell that you would lock a human up for if they had an animal living in the same conditions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, see, that's the downside that you don't get from the law enforcement is that there's a cost for their policies. And they dehumanize people that they claim, oh, you committed crimes. Well, these are what we call malum prohibitum crimes. They're only wrong because at some point society decided we're going to make it against the law. Okay. Well, they can decide to make it not against the law. But once they do this and the systems get in place, it is very hard to undo these laws. And you see them. 
Cops don't like it because they're their tools. Prosecutors, their tools. They can hold it. I mean, I had a five-year minimum manager held over my head for growing a little over 100 plants in three fucking years. Like, I'm going to prison for five years for that? There's the gun to your head. People cop please all the time, and the law enforcement calls them tools. In California, the the people said, no, fuck this. We're going to make growing weed a misdemeanor soaking wet. Mm-hmm. It's the cop's office. Like, we don't want people going to prison for weed anymore because it shouldn't be that way. And that's what it's going to take. The people are going to have to take this back because politicians, unless you make it worth their while, they're not going to do this. Cops aren't going to do this. Yep. And on, and on that, we're going to keep this train rolling. We're going to roll right into Mr. Tony Montaga. He represents the black conservative voice that Joe Biden would love to silence for even acknowledging it exists. That's right. Coming up next, it is none other than Mr. Tony Montaga. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, because somewhere around the world, it is truly what time it is. And first, before we start, I'd like to thank all my co-hosts for being here today, and I would like to apologize to them and to you, the viewers. Uh, I, bar- I buried my brother December 4th, so uh, my last two appearances on the show, I may have seen disheveled and bothered, and uh, I am in better spirits. <laughs> I am doing better, and I just want to make sure that for you guys out there, I wish you all a happy holidays, and I tell you sincerely, love the people that you should love and love them the most. Let's get into the story. Medmen exiting Arizona and Nevada cannabis markets. The embattled multi-state cannabis operator MedMen announced this week it is selling off its Arizona and Nevada-based assets as part of its strategic restructuring toward an asset-like growth strategy in the company's core markets. MedMen Enterprises, Inc., a Florida-based multi-state cannabis operator, MSO, announced on Wednesday that it is exiting the Arizona and Nevada state markets and will sell off its assets to MIT Cannabis, an Arizona-based MSO. The sale covers MedMen's wholly-owned operating subsidiary in Arizona and its two dispensaries located in Clark County, Nevada. According to a press release, the company said that the transactions are part of its strategic review and evaluation of uh, divestiture opportunities of its non-core assets and will be carried out subject to uh, customary closing conditions, including the receipt of applicable regulatory approvals. MedMen sold off its Florida-based operations last year following the previous departure of its embattled co-founders over unpaid loans. This is in a statement from MedMen CEO. MedMen is pleased with the outcome of our strategic review and has made good progress in our restructuring efforts. These transactions will bolster the liquidity in the short term, reduce liabilities, and enable the company to focus on operating efficiencies and executing our long-term asset-like growth strategy in our core markets. This is Ellen Harris, MedMen CEO, in a statement. Mick Cannabis, co-founder and CEO, uh, I think it's Ivan, but I don't. I hope I'm Ivan uh, Sahara said the sale will expand our portfolio of flagship dispensaries in Arizona and will continue to bolster the company's vertical presence in Nevada. Following the state, MedMen's remaining operations will include California, Illinois, Massachusetts, and New York adult use cannabis markets. 
The company had previously considered selling off its New York-based assets to Ascend Wellness, but the deal ultimately fell through last August. For my co-host and for you in the chat, tell me what you think about what's going on with MedMen. Do you think that them um, breaking down their business and uh, selling off, uh, I guess, some of their assets in order to pay off a debt that, that is out there is a smart thing? Or do you think they should have fought a little bit harder and tried to make the market work for them? Tell me what your thoughts are. Yeah, they can't. I mean, mighty, they, they can't fight any harder. The, um, mighty have they fallen? Mm-hmm. Um, and at, at once upon a time, man, you remember when uh, Med Men came out with that uh, that Super Bowl commercial? That billion dollar uh, valuation, the unicorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, like I thought at one point that Med Men's marketing uh, from back in the day would carry them through whatever, and um, the name would live on through uh, all the stuff that we're dealing with on a state level, but. It, uh, seeing less and less MedMen um, headlines, less and less MedMen stores. And um, I'm starting to think, I'm starting to be bearish on MedMen, man. I think they might go the way of Dodo pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you have, uh, you have it's no, possible. Uh, you have more organized, uh, better run uh, uh, MSOs who have just you, stolen you thunder. You, you don't think that there's a chance that if it does get knocked down to a Schedule 3, that some big pharmaceutical company is going to come in and try to just out Right by MedMen and all of their properties. Yeah, maybe, but it depends on the value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if I you have, owe, to, I think they, owe, I think they owe too much for 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 that to be for for that to be uh, liquidable for them, Tony. Yeah, because they 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 have so much so much debt going on. But you know, I, I do find it and interesting. The value. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Dale. <clears throat> Excuse me. The value of their assets is based upon the current scheduling. Okay, and the state's making this legal. If the feds change the scheduling, their assets may be worth basically nothing. Very true. No, very very. And true. I represent companies other than cannabis companies, and we have meetings all the time. And you take a look at the hard economic realities of the market you're in. At some point, you got to cut some dead weight. Okay, this is not an unusual discussion to be having in a company. Um, it's just a lot of these early cannabis companies went out there running a. A race, they thought, oh, we're going to have a sprint to the line. It turns out to be a goddamn marathon. And if you can't work with the local governments and the state and the federal government to keep this going, then the marathon just keeps getting longer. At some point, your assets can't support it. You got to cut your losses. Um, this is business. And I, I wish that going back four or five years, we'd have had more people with decent business savvy and cannabis understanding and how to work with governments running these companies because now that's exactly what they need to be successful. You got to have that inside your company and then much more. Mm-hmm. Helps to have a sugar daddy too. I do find it interesting too, uh, Dale, that, um, you know, they are taking kind of like, it seems, or maybe I don't, I, maybe that they're taking kind of a backwards approach to this because you have most MSOs that have retreated out of California, but yet MedMen is still in California, but selling off its Nevada and Arizona assets. I think that um, California market as a whole is suffering because of just everything that, that they've done, like to the economy mm-hmm. in California. And I think that no matter what the business is, honestly, if you're not running that interstate trap, you're suffering. Ooh. It, isn't, isn't MedMen headquartered here in California? Um, I mean, they used to be. They, yeah, they, they I, did use, I don't know if they still are now. I have no clue. Um, I, I, if I, if I was to guess, this is where they first planted their flag. If and, I was to um, guess, if I was to guess, their headquarters would be in Florida because I believe the Soroyas live in Florida. 
I mean, the other uh, MSOs that we've seen, like retreat out of um, these major places, they've gone back to um, the states where they're the headquartered at, yep. or they've gone to uh, markets that are actually growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, MedMen, they started out here. Um, I, I think they will try to hold on at, at least uh, to their um, their California and their um, and their New York assets. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, I think that those might be all that's left of that <laughs> of them uh, pretty soon. Hey. Um, as they just hold on for your life. I mean, I mean, with how how New York's framed it up, they they may have the best weed in New York. Come along that on the yeah, legal they, market. Right. They, they, <laughs> they, New York might well, have been the hard realities of California. Is that California, California overregulates and overtaxes everything. Mm-hmm. And with this one, with cannabis, it was just double dip from both sides. Regulate the shit out of it, tax the shit out of it, and we still we only retreat. We've gotten this from cultivation taxes. Regulations haven't got more streamlined. We're still fighting over regulatory compliance. The traps just driving by you, waving at you on the freeway. No, nope. you know, it's like I'm delivering. I don't need your shit. And in way nicer cars too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. And, and any thoughts on this, Rochelle? Before we move on, brand new VIN, brand new VIN numbers on those cars too, Jason. Right? Mm. I, I'm not surprised. Damn, honestly, so they've been they MedMen's been having so many problems. Uh, you know, they're just a poorly, seemingly a poorly run company, and they're running out of cash. So I wouldn't be surprised if they end up liquidating even more assets in the near future that's right i'm i wouldn't be surprised yeah. either i wouldn't be surprised either at, at all I don't, but, I don't think anybody except for i don't think anybody really and this is like no shade towards bedman uh, i know they're different they were a very very different company today than they were you know when beerman was at the helm mm-hmm. um, it doesn't really change anything in my mind uh but um like i don't see them they, they have uh they have a poor history um they have a poor rapport with the streets um, they have poor rapport with Wall Street um, as well. Um, it just seems like more and more like a depreciating asset um, on a public level and uh, behind the scenes too. So I don't really see much upside for them going forward um, other than them um, holding on for dear life for those real estate assets and just continuing to do what they can do. Uh, and, um, you know, LA market, uh, the, was it the Illinois market and the mm-hmm. uh, New York market, are they still open in uh, Vegas? Well, no, no, they closed Nevada. Well, they, they, they just Nevada. sold. They just sold Nevada. This is part of that deal. Nevada and Arizona, they're selling. Yeah, yeah so I mean, selling. so yeah, if it was me, I would have just held on to Nevada and New York. I would have tried to get rid of everything else. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You can't you can't say that when you don't know how their finances are, Tony. That's a tough call. I know, right there. bro. But see, I know it's cheapest in in Nevada. Um, to I mean, on everything pretty much, and in New York, I know it's is a, a market that's booming. But then, you know, you're right because they don't have any political influence, so they have no slime balls that they can yeah. talk to right. and get next to that can lobby for them. And when you are trying to play at this level, when you reach that level where you need to play at this level, you got to have a few slime balls. You got to have a few slime you, they balls. Stay, they end up staying uh, in Vegas, then uh, they're just going to get bought out by Planet 13. Oh, boy. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go into this to, to this last story real quick. Adam, Adam, can I please get a one big fat elephant, please? That's right. You guys get ready for this because a Wisconsin Republican proposal to legalize medical marijuana coming in January, you guys. That's right. Wisconsin Republicans plan to unveil a proposal soon to legalize medical marijuana in the state and could vote on it sometime in 2024. Assembly Speaker 
Robin Voss said. Republicans have been working behind closed doors for years on a medical marijuana bill. Along the way, they have uh, rejected calls from Governor Tony Evers and other Democrats to legalize all uses of marijuana, including medical and adult use. And Vass, in an interview on Wednesday, said the proposal will be limited and modeled after the medical marijuana law that had been in place in neighboring Minnesota before it moved to full legalization. In a quote, if it if uh, it is not going to be widespread, he said, we are not going to have dispensaries on every corner in every city. He said assembly Republicans are on are on a broad uh, board in concept. Excuse me. He said that assembly Republicans are on board in concept, but no one has seen the actual proposal yet. He expected to unveil it in January. And Voss uh, Voss uh, had had said in April that he hoped to have the bill by the fall of 2023, but he said it took more time to find consensus. And in quotes, in concept, most people are there, but I don't want to guarantee anything until we have a wider discussion. He said, I feel pretty good that we are in place uh, where, where I think it can get through our chamber. If passed by both Senate and Assembly, it would have to be signed by Evers before taking effect. And Senate Republicans have been less open to pot legalization in <coughs> than those in the Assembly. But in January, Senate Majority Leader Devin uh, LeMahieu said a bill to create a medical marijuana program could pass this legislative session as long as regulations are put forward to ensure to ensure it's uh, for those in serious pain. Vass has long backed uh, some form of medical marijuana program, but no bill has ever received a vote in either the GOP-controlled Assembly or Senate, and Wisconsin remains an outlier nationally with 38 states legalizing medical cannabis and 24 uh, adult-use uh, marijuana states, and the push for legalization in Wisconsin has gained momentum as its neighbors have loosened its laws. Marquette University Law School posts have shown a large majority of support among Wisconsin residents for legalizing marijuana use four years it says well 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 look at this rochelle your neighbor might just have a medical yeah, program coming up i'm gonna give i'm gonna give uh, rochelle the, the, this whole one but i just want to make this one quick comment mm -hmm. um legislation in minnesota before uh the current administration was you know you're gonna legalize five percent drinkables um accidentally and then your your, your own dumbass republicans are gonna say oh did we just legalize marijuana I think we did. <laughs> like you want to model your shit after that? That's and you're calling this. Well, no, they're modeling it off of their medical program that was enacted prior to their legalization. Okay, Rochelle, I'm gonna see the floor to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, Wisconsin is my home state, and you know, they're right over the border from where I live now. So I always keep a close watch on what's going on there. The issue over there is the infighting between the Democrats and the Republicans. So it would not surprise me if this were to pass and Governor Evers were to uh, veto it because it's not the version that he wants. Like, that's Ooh. how petty both political parties are over there. They just they both seemingly want the same thing, but they're disagreeing on how to get there. Meanwhile, you can go to any smoke shop and buy THCA flour, HHC vapes, you know, 500 milligram Delta gummies in the gas station. It's, mm -hmm. it's wild over there. Yes, uh, uh, three months ago. <laughs> yeah, my weed, my weed just recently started identifying itself as THCA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It, it's comical. This would be funny if it wasn't reality, but you still got to find comedy in all this stuff mm-hmm. because it's it's so fucking stupid that the people want something. <clears throat> it's actually being done, and the politicians are fighting over petty little shit like you're in the you're in the junior high school playground, and you know the trap is going to win. It's it's, it's comical, but people are still getting in trouble for this. I mean, how thick do you have to be for someone to go, oh, yeah, I guess you can smoke some weed now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, come on. And, and that's the problem. <laughs> it's it's the problem, wild. The wide availability of the, the THCA flower is astonishing. I mean, stores across the border are selling pounds a week, likely to trappers, right? We're like, oh, let me grab, you know, a few ounces, sell it to my boys or whatever. It's like, it's it's wild. And no one seems to care. It's, I, I told you, that's why I said my, my weed has started to identify itself as THCA. It's yeah. amazing. It's comical, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This, this, the THCA flower. <laughs> yep. The THCA flower come with COAs in, yes. uh, in these states? A 100% comes with COAs. Yeah, it's the, pr- it the pre-harvest. <laughs> yeah. They, they used to call it pre-run back in the day. THC, actual THC level is very small. Most of it's THCA, but it's the same weed you buy in a, a state legal dispensary. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just game. It's semantics. And it's like they're, the trap's always going to win because you guys are a day late and a dollar short fighting about stupid bullshit. In the meantime, step around the corner, dude, whatever you want I got for you. That's right. Big facts. That's yeah, right. These, these closed door, behind closed doors, we came up with our own version of this. And you know that the other side is going to be against it. Man. It's just a bunch of BS, man. BS posturing and the people lose, the trap wins. And... Um, more Republican BS, Jason. Republicans Sorry, are entering a not, bill. Republicans are entering a bill. They're actually this, doing something. This just is saying. Not, yeah, the you big know? win that you were teeing us up for, the cliffhanger that I was, where's, I was where, on the edge of my seat for. Jason. Where's, where, where's the Democratic bill? bill? Guess where? Nowhere to be seen. Not even being talked about. Mm-hmm. It's See, rolling rest papers. My rest my case. Rest my case. They're at the bill already. Rest my case. Rest my case. Jesus. Final word on this, Dale? Oh, it. If it wasn't real, it'd be real funny. It'd be a Saturday Night Live skit. But I've seen it happen too many times. People are still getting in trouble for trying to do it legally. In the meantime, whatever you want's available out there. It's like, you know, the drug drugs won. The war on drugs. Drugs won. The one. Yep. Yeah, shout out to it's drugs. Like, it's like the war on terrorism, man. You can't... <laughs> Not going to go there. Oh, boy. Thank no, you yeah. all for joining us today. <laughs> For another episode of High at Nine News, you can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, High at Noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments posted live on the big screen. To our live audience and online supporters, catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. To our vetted correspondent team, tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, our sponsors, keeping the lights on in our AV struggles to a minimum. What up? What up, Adam? What's up? Can't wait to see you in your feathered hair and all this. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Also, to uh, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason we show up to read these stories every single day. Thank you, too. It has been Thursday, December 21st, 2023. The show's over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. I'm Rico Lameet, the dopest dad on the street for High at Nine News. And today we're going to give it to... Tony Montaga, man. I'm sorry to hear about your brother. And uh, our condolences and love are pouring out to you, my man. Uh, you got the outro today. What you got? 
Um, it's the holiday season for everybody that's watching. And if you are not religious and if you're not festive, then take enjoyment in the fact that you have your life. There's someone somewhere around the world that wish they could have the life you have. And I'm sure that everyone watching has something that they're struggling with, but remind yourself that this is your life and you have to do the very best job you can with what you have. I believe in you, we believe in you, and enjoy your holidays. Stay safe, stay healthy. Peace.